just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. This weekend is the Point in Time Count, our annual census of unsheltered Americans. The count is taken three mornings in a row between 4 and 6 a.m., county by county across the entire nation. So what does this data tell us about the realities of homelessness across Salt Lake County? And can we use it to bust some common myths? It's Monday, January 22nd. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Rob Westman, you are the point-in-time count lead for Salt Lake County. You've been doing this for eight years now. I want to ask you, based on data we have from last year's count, how many Utahns are experiencing homelessness right now in Salt Lake County? Okay, so kind of a tough question because the point-in-time mm. count is really, it is a snapshot of one night where people are experiencing homelessness. And so it's really the only time we do that one-night snapshot. So we've probably seen like last year in terms of people experiencing homelessness on this one night, it was about 2,200 people. Last year on January 26th, I believe it was. We're going to go out next week and do the count as well. And it's interesting because point in time is kind of this inexact science. It's really based a lot on like weather, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also based on volunteers. And last year we had a record number of volunteers. And we also had a record number of people we found experiencing unsheltered homelessness. So, you know, a good rule of thumb based on people in shelter as well as unsheltered is 2,000, 2,500-ish is what we believe to be the number. So when you say un, not in yes. shelter, you mean literally people that were not in the shelters at that moment in time. Yeah, so HUD says places not meant for human habitation. So like vehicles, not campers. Um, mm -hmm. Sheds, places with no facilities, as well as camping, you know, just a, te a tent somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. Now, we're hopeful this year because of the increased capacity over the winter, including the Code Blue facilities. Yeah. And on those Code Blue nights, we're pretty much at capacity, but we're hopefully seeing fewer people on the streets. We will find out next week. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, Code Blue is basically a new law that's being implemented in Utah that when the temperature reaches 15 degrees Fahrenheit for more than two hours in a 24-hour period, we get resources to open and clearance to open more emergency shelters. Yep. Well, what else do you think might change this weekend during the count? Do you think the number is going to increase? You know, when we look at kind of anecdotal evidence, right? Like people in the downtown area saying, oh, we're seeing way more homeless people. That's anecdotal evidence. We're going to go out and count. And mm -hmm. one of the things we're able to do is because we divide the county in census tracts, and then we look at data in terms of the density of individuals we found in past years, 
as well as yeah. working with outreach teams, you know, VOA and Salt Lake City and others, we can get a pretty good idea of where we potentially are going to find folks, especially in the, say, downtown Salt Lake area. So we're going to we're going to find out if if, you know, what people are seeing. And I know it's true, like people's experience is a valid, you know, kind of measure of what's going on. And we've seen some things. We've seen a lot of development. We've seen a lot of density increase with apartments and those kinds of things. And all that affects where individuals are able to go. But again, we're kind of hopeful that with the additional resources, um, we would like to see fewer people on the streets because that's the least safe environment for these individuals. Yeah. I mean, Salt Lake City is home to the most shelters and most emergency resources in Salt Lake County. But if you do drive around this county from Magna to Cottonwood Mm -hmm. Heights, down to Harriman, Salt Lake City is certainly not the only place that people are losing their housing. You know, you've been sort of at the helm of this count for almost a decade now. Where are we seeing rapid transformation across the county, like either decreasing or increasing numbers of people experiencing homelessness? If we look at, we do have um, a resource center in South Salt Lake. We have one in Midvale. Um, We're going to be bringing on additional resources in Sandy and some of those other locations. And we've also had additional support from additional cities over the last couple of years. Mill Creek um, and this year with West Valley and the winter overflow facility out in West Valley. Um, Mm. So you're you're correct in terms of people are experiencing, you know, increased rents and, and some of that other stuff. But it's also true that there are additional resources available in Salt Lake City. I mean, we we do find people unsheltered in some of the undeveloped areas really around the county, some of it along the Jordan River, et cetera, et cetera. So it's one of the reasons we send volunteers out to go see. Um, Maybe folks are out there and they don't know about the resources. So again, we're going to do our best to to locate folks. And, and part of this is an increase in outreach. We want folks to know that we're here and that there are resources available. And so we want to get them connected. Because you have access to data, which is a powerful resource when we're talking about things that are difficult and nuanced. I want to ask you to fact check some of the common beliefs shared by Salt Lakers around the issue of homelessness. Okay. This is something that I think we maybe perpetuate on this show in our conversations around housing and homelessness. And that is that the solution to homelessness is increasing our housing affordability. I know you're not a housing expert, but how do you feel about that? There seems to be pretty direct correlation between rising housing prices and increased homelessness. And this is across the country. And we've seen it here. We've seen rents increase reasonably significantly over the last couple of years, especially in Salt Lake County. And honestly, I would say we've seen an increase in homelessness, but I almost thought it would be worse to be perfectly honest. Oh, interesting. And I think part of it is because we have started to develop targeted affordable housing options for folks, permanent supportive housing, et cetera. You know, the legislature has allocated additional funds over the last couple of years to develop specific like permanent supportive housing options for folks. Mm. But really, I mean, if you think about it, when I did outreach for VOA a number of years ago, we would talk to people and everyone Literally, everyone I talked to at some point in their lives, were they were unable to pay rent. And it was for multiple reasons, medical bills, 
death of a spouse, et cetera, et cetera, all kinds of stuff. But if housing is not affordable, people don't have a place to go. And that's something that the Salt Lake Valley Coalition to End Homelessness focuses on. We don't want to get too distracted by, oh, we need more shelters and we need more of this. We need more resources for people, but we definitely need more affordable housing options for folks. So I want to give you an interesting statistic around this kind of thing. So when people access resource centers in Salt Lake County, so this is all of them. This does not include domestic violence resources. But when people access the kind of primary resource centers, almost 50% of those folks stay in a resource center 30 days or less. So they come in, they stay a short period of time, they, you know, have some stability, they can access resources if they need to talk with case management, etc. And they work to, to support themselves and get out of the shelter within 30 days. That's half the people that access the resource centers. So there's options available, but what we, we also see is that a little less than 10% stay more than, it's basically more than nine months because they get stuck. That's a long It's time. a long time because they don't have those resources and there aren't affordable options and they need more specific interventions. So there are options available. We definitely need to develop more so that people have an easier time getting themselves out of shelter and into housing that they can afford. So it sounds like, based on the data, what we see more often than not in Salt Lake County is people experiencing like a short-term crisis. Yeah, that's a lot of the folks. Now, what people visually see in downtown Salt Lake City are often the folks who have been experiencing homelessness for nine months or more. And they may have Mm. myriad problems, including mental health, like untreated mental health issues. It's one of the reasons I think Mm -hmm. people may look at homelessness and think, oh, my gosh, every person has a serious mental health condition. And that's not correct either. It's, you know, self-report, 40-ish percent say, yeah, I have a mental health condition. But it's not everyone. And a lot of it is just simply untreated mental health conditions. Folks can achieve stability if they get the right treatment, but it's really hard to do if I'm experiencing homelessness. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 
80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. It's interesting because I had myths here written that I wanted to ask you about. And the one that was next was most unsheltered Utahns are experiencing mental health yeah. crisis. So you preempted yeah. me. And that's <laughs> that feels exactly right. Yeah. Well, the last one I have you also kind of touched on, which is something I was arguing with someone about just at Christmas dinner. Um in Salt Lake County, most unsheltered individuals are unemployed. I've heard this this notion time and time again, like people just need to get jobs. How true is that? I mean, that's tough, right? What it says to me is homelessness is your fault. So if you just did mm. A, B, and C, you would be fine. Maybe, right. but if I do A and B is still unaffordable, I'm not going to achieve C. So what we see in shelter is that about 30% of individuals have employment, 30 to 40, it, it varies a little bit. It's much harder to determine that. That's not something we routinely ask folks for the unsheltered individuals. So I don't really have a number for the unsheltered individuals. But if you think about someone who's staying in a resource center and they've got a job and resource centers are able to make accommodations. Oh, you need to come in at 10 o'clock. You need to leave at 5 a.m. Great, we'll keep your bed. We'll do all that stuff. So we support them. But if they're working and they're still not able to afford housing, that's that's not good. Yeah, but it's it's totally plausible in yeah. this county. I mean, in sure. this nation, in the especially nation, for yeah. sure. It's not it's not a Salt Lake County thing. Like things are becoming very expensive. Housing is very expensive, and it is one of the reasons again why the coalition focuses on the development of affordable housing. Is the only way to end homelessness is to make sure people have housing. That's really it. Like we can apply all of the other things later, but let's get folks stable in housing. We can get the needed mental health treatments. We can get job training. We can get substance use treatment, any of that stuff, community support, all of that. But that's incredibly difficult if someone is moving around the county, living under a tarp. It's really hard to get folks stable in that situation. Yeah. Well, on the note of, you know, some of the mythology around homelessness in Salt Lake, this question gets asked a lot of politicians, but I want to ask it of you as a service provider. Where and with whom do you think the power lies to mend this crisis and get unhoused Utahns housed? That's a great question. <laughs> it's we've been we're two years at it now trying to figure out the answer yeah. to it. Any chance you've got it? Well, I mean... If we had it, we would just do it and crisis resolve right. kind of thing. I think we've made great strides. And as I mentioned, the legislature appropriating funds for affordable housing, deeply affordable housing over the last couple of years. And then in the governor's budget this year, a lot of additional funds to support mm -hmm. homelessness initiatives, affordable housing, mental health treatment, those kinds of pieces. But I do think it's kind of an all of the above. We need the private sector to jump mm. in and say, hey, we have these resources. We need legislators to maybe prompt some folks. And an example is the is the Code Blue thing. 
Like, you know, that prompted folks to provide additional resource for individuals over the winter, which then gives us an opportunity to engage those folks in accessing services and housing and mental health care and all that good stuff. No one has the magic key, but it's an all of the yeah. above, and we're seeing that. So I do think we're on the right track. It's really slow and incredibly frustrating mm -hmm. for folks who are caught in it and who are experiencing homelessness. Yeah. But I do feel some hope that we're in the right, going in the right direction. I mean, we're in the legislative session right now. Are you optimistic that we're going to see movement this session? Because it, it feels like the governor asked for more money for housing in his budget. But what we heard from leadership is, well, we're interested in policy ideas, but not necessarily pouring more money into, into housing. Yeah, we'll see. We're, you know, a couple days in. So we're going to see how that all plays out because we're just starting to see the results of the deeply affordable housing money. And it's a long-term process. It's not, oh, we gave you this money last year and you didn't do anything, so forget it. They understand that. Right. And sure, we have a very fiscally conservative state. And we understand that there's got to be some return on the investment. And so we're going to continue to have those conversations. So I'm hopeful. You know, we're two days in, so I'm not sure yet, but we're hopeful. Yeah. Okay. Well, before I let you go, I have to ask you to give a pitch for volunteering for The Count. I'm a pretty loyal volunteer. I think we have a lot of listeners who would be willing to get up early and be part of resourcing this crisis. What's the pitch? The pitch is that we do this once a year. So we do the homeless point in time count and we go out at four in the morning and we try and locate individuals experiencing homelessness. And we provide training on how to do that and where to look. And, and you know, we provide other resources in terms of, I found a, someone who's claiming to be a veteran and we have resources we can provide to them, et cetera, et cetera. But what it really does is it gets you kind of connected to not only your community, but the county in general. Because there are individuals out there who just kind of need someone to reach out to them and it's, it's an incredibly powerful experience. And I think most folks come back and report, wow, that is kind of not what I was expecting. It really humanizes the individuals. It's not just, you know, it's easy to other people experiencing homelessness. But when you go out and talk to them, it's, it really is incredible. And on the kind of technical side, it, it really does help us make a case for resources, for additional funds, for mental health treatment, for affordable housing, all of those things. It's a piece of the information we use to try and develop the appropriate resources for these folks. So if you have any interest at all, it is a very unique volunteer opportunity. And I think it would be a very powerful experience for folks. Rob Westman, Point in Time Count Lead for Salt Lake County. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. If you want to participate either as an individual or as a team in this weekend's three-day Point in Time Count, I put a link in the show notes for you. I'm going to be completely honest. It is not pleasant and it is not easy, but it is deeply impactful. So thanks for considering it. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city.